Yo, 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 yo. Let's go. It's the Great Debate Show with your host, Jarvis Jeffries. That's me, Terrence Smith. Hey. That's him, Nick Ely. <laughs> What's up? That's him. And we're all back and better than ever, baby, for a new episode of the Great Debate Show available wherever you get your podcast. Follow and download, rate and review. We've got so much to talk about today from week eight, of course, of the NFL, Monday Night Football, Browns, Bengals. We've got so much to talk about from some of the amazing uh, performances that was put on in the in the day of threes. A lot of teams, a lot of players, I mean, had three touchdown days from A.J. Brown to uh, Alvin Kamara to Christian McCaffrey to Man, it's just so many. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but it's plenty of people. Derrick Henry had two. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, that's right. That was the other one who had three. But Derrick Henry and, had and 200 plus yards. Foreman had three also. Foreman is where again? Deontay, uh, the founder? Deontay Foreman plays for uh, – no, he used to play for the Packers. He plays for – He left. The, he was at the Titans la- uh, last year, and then he left. Is it Carolina? That's where it is. He's in Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's where he's at. Okay, but still, man, what a day for all these guys who had so many three touchdown days. <laughs> I wonder what that man in Jamatri on on Sunday. But anyway, uh, this is this is a it's gonna be a good show. So much to talk about. Uh, NFL, NBA. Um, here we go. Let's get into it. The Brooklyn Nets, we have to talk about what they're going to decide to do with Kyrie Irving and his tweets and his posts and, and all of that, you know, that's going on right now in the NBA with the Nets and that team. The Utah Jazz, let's talk about Donovan Mitchell and Lavert and what they're doing in the backcourt right now in Cleveland. I don't know what everybody's expectations were for them, but I'd like to know what they are now. We'll discuss it. And uh, all right, so let's get started. Guys, how are y'all doing, man? Man, I'm great here, man. How are you guys making it? Man, it's all good. It's all good in the land of the undefeated. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's out the way, huh? Get it. Go it's, on ahead. It's lonely. Yes, but right. it's good. That's right. Go on and get it out of the way. <laughs> okay, so, all right, we're going to get into the games. Nick, the important games. Uh, you can go ahead and, uh, you know, uh, take it from here. But just like Green Bay, I'll, I'll, I'll briefly go over the ones that I think that, that can be skipped. Green Bay, they still look pretty bad. They've lost four in a row, and they got spanked pretty good. It really, it really wasn't a game. It just was a slow bleed for the Packers yeah. in Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, important going to kind of be going to kind of be subjective here because, uh, like I said, we only really had one game between winning teams, yeah. and that's of course the Seahawks and Giants. Yeah. And uh, of course, Seahawks won that game twenty-seven to thirteen. Geno Smith is uh, definitely making. Uh, this was kind of the battle of the. For the comeback player of the year award, I would think, between Geno Smith and Saquon yeah. Barkley. And uh, Geno Smith might have taken a big edge in that one. Uh, anything you guys saw on that one? Uh, nothing necessarily that I saw. It's just that one, I just want to reiterate that I am very happy that Geno Smith is playing well. But it also brings into question what I brought up, I think, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and I want to ask it again. Even though the Broncos did get a win this week, uh, Geno Smith has not looked like a good quarterback his whole career until he gets to Seattle. Russell Wilson looked like a great quarterback until he left Seattle. I have to ask the question, and I'm not saying that it is, but I have to ask the question. Was Russell Wilson or is Russell Wilson a system player? Did that system in Seattle make him way better than what he actually is? So my, my answer to that would be from the standpoint of is, is it that 
for the fact that things wore out his teammates. Uh, if you saw in the post-work game conference, they asked, they asked the question about what you think the difference is. And Tyler Lockett stepped up and said, it's great. It's crazy to see how much you can get done, but nobody cares who gets the credit. Yeah, that's um, that says a lot. That sounds I, I'm not I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but that sounds like a uh, backhanded, backhanded shot at somebody. somebody yeah, at somebody who's no longer there. Yeah, that's a right. shot. That's a shot. That's a little shade. Mm. Okay, well, I, I'm, real quick, I've said it before. Geno Smith is the man. He is having a hell of a season. He is definitely comeback of the year unless it just goes terribly wrong, terribly south somehow, some way. Uh, he's playing good football. I, nothing I, I can say. Uh, I don't want him to play much better than what he is, though, because damn it, they're they're they're, they're <laughs> still ahead. Problem, of, yeah, yeah, they're still ahead of the damn NFC West. Uh, so look, I didn't expect this, but I will be honest, and I could be wrong, but I hope I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm still waiting, kind of um, kind of like the Giants and Jets. How some people are looking at the Giants and Jets. I'm still waiting on the Seahawks to get back to the average team that I that I thought that they would be. I'm still kind of looking at this like it's just a fairy tale. It's a dream. We'll wake up out of this yeah. pretty soon. Yeah. I, I, again, though, kudos to what Gino was doing. T, you're on to something. You make valid points with this whole system thing. But I'm just going to go on a limb and say not yet. I'm not convinced totally yet. Let me see more of what Russell does in Denver. I, I, you know, when he, when he you know, goes off script and just does what Russell does. But definitely – I told you there was some major beef going on with between him and Pete Carroll, obviously with other teammates as well. Uh, going back to what Nick just said, that Tyler Lockett said. If he said that, then yeah. There's more reasons, you know, why Russell left, and I think it's a whole lot more than the system. Uh, yeah. he, these, these, I, these guys sometimes just don't want to play for you anymore. At one point, Chris Johnson was one of the best and fastest running backs in the NFL. And then one offseason came, and there was some drama going on, and – him holding out money and blah, blah, blah with contracts. And then the offensive line just decided to not block for him anymore. And I have the proof where offensive linemen have kind of admitted that screw him. You know, uh, he's not acting like it's a team thing. You're doing this on your own. All right, we'll get 2,000 get 2, yards without us. Uh, hey, look, look, the Rams the Rams and Kurt Warner, you are not believe, making me believe that the Rams – Kurt Warner was in the game, and he couldn't get the ball. He couldn't hold the ball one second before somebody was in his face. He gets hurt. Mark Bolger comes in, and he becomes a Pro Bowl quarterback. Like, <laughs> this just it, – it happens. Yep. Don't, the yep. offensive line is the last thing you want to make mad in football. Mm. So, no, now, that happens. Now, that I can attest to. That's, that's not what you want to do. No, as as a quarterback, uh-uh. I, there have been a couple of times where I get a tap, and I get a nod, like, hey, I'm – you can go this way, and you're going to get through. You're going to look like a superstar today. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a reason why uh, Tom Brady, you know, uh, some of these quarterbacks buy, you know, their offensive linemen watches and things like that for Christmas or whatever, for whatever reason, at the end of the season, because they really do appreciate what those big guys do for them up front. Now, all of the struggles that the Seattle Seahawks offensive line apparently had, you don't see any of that right now, do you? How many acquisitions did they make? How many signings and free agency or draft picks did they put on this front line right now since Russell's been traded? I don't think they did that I don't that think it much. was anything that significant. <laughs> and now look, he's got all day in the pocket. <laughs> okay. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I was too long on that. I'm sorry, Nick. You are good. I, mean, I was going to say, if there is going to be a wake-up call for the Seahawks, I don't think it's going to be anything that they're going to do. 
it's going to be your team, which is the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they put a put a good little whooping on the on the Rams this weekend. I think I was alone on the on the Rams island when they did. No, when I was on the 49ers island, I'm sorry. Yeah, y'all picked the Rams. Uh, the Rams. I mean, the 49ers went out there and put it to them. Jarvis, were you uh, you impressed with your team? Man, you know me, man. I always say a guy who is not easily impressed. On Sunday, I was impressed, though. Man, was I impressed. I couldn't believe what I was watching. First, I want to say that if anybody has any bacon, if anybody has, you know, uh, some some grits or whatever, some sausage to help me get this egg off of my face, because I definitely was wrong about the 49ers losing to the Rams. I thought after seven straight wins, the Niners were not going to get it without Debo Armstead still being held out, uh, which makes sense because the bye is, is, is here now. Uh, but so many players out still. I'm like, eh, yeah, this is the one where the Rams are finally going to get us. And I was wrong. And, hey, look, you know what? But what better way to, um, you know, to get over, you know, not getting that five-leg parlay worth $750. Uh, but with your team winning, it's a good way to get over it. And we're four and four. And I'm happy that I was wrong because we're now 4-4 four and four going into a bye where hopefully we can get more of our players back healthy when we come back week 10 and uh, go from there. I think the Chargers is going to be our first opponent, but I think it's at home and um, we just have to see, you know. But Christian McCaffrey, I was impressed. A passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown. What a game. He is playing with the chip on his shoulder and he does look pissed. And he was he was a main he was a key factor on why we won that game. I thought we were gonna get you know blown out again. To be honest with you, the way it started off, and I was kind of in and out. I had a fashion show on Sunday evening. I didn't see much. I went back and looked at it, and I was impressed. Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball well. I can't believe that. Yes, that was a lot of jokes to Christian McCaffrey. That was a better deep ball than Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> that that is funny, and it's probably true. But Jimmy did play good football on Sunday. I mean, I, it looked pretty smooth. It, it did now, no doubt. But hey, I mean, yeah, nice spiral, nice rotation. The arm angle was pretty good. Yeah, but <laughs> I just want to give I'm credit. Gonna you, I'm gonna tell you right now, though, the Eagles could lose every week if it's gonna pay me seven hundred fifty dollars. Man, seven hundred fifty dollars a week. Eagles ain't, ain't gotta win another game. What's, yeah, and see, that's why I made the doggone bet because I thought that they were gonna lose. I really didn't think the Niners were gonna get this one, but I'm glad they did. And here's the thing: I'm impressed, but here's where I don't know what to think. As happy as I am for the win, as glad as I am, as impressed as I am, as I am that we kind of put our foot on the gas and said, all right, let's put these guys to sleep. It's still the Rams, and that's the one thing that bothers me. Let's, who else can we do this to outside of the Rams? We always do this against this team, and this is what I was alluding to last week on last episode. How in the hell is this a rivalry? Don't tell me this is a rivalry when they never beat us. I'm sorry. You've got to beat us. There's no rivalry. We always beat you 8-0 in the regular season here. 8-0. Come on, man. What are we talking about? This team just isn't better than the Niners from what they're displaying on the field, from what they're showing us, point blank. But I would like to see the Niners still do this against other teams. And we're about to find out. Chargers out to the bye. Let's get some players back healthy. But if Jimmy can play consistent like this, <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say what I'm about to say. But if he plays like this more, you can give the 49ers their rings now because they will go anywhere and beat anybody. That even goes for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, here's the problem. <laughs> I don't believe Jimmy will continue to play like that, though. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I mean, well, I think the problem with the Rams is, is kind of what I alluded to earlier in the season. 
They just absolutely do not have the personnel to, to beat San Francisco. They just don't. They have one offensive weapon, the Cooper Cup. Outside of that, they don't have anything that, that the Fort Niners and that defense has to respect enough to say, all right, we got a game plan for this. That's it. And Cooper Cup, I mean, you're really not going to stop Cooper Cup anyway, so just stop everything else. So, uh, yeah, the, four, the Rams, for whatever they do, I don't know what kind of moves they're going to make tomorrow, uh, today, <laughs> trade that line. Um, I think that they should probably start trying to figure out, hey, how are we going to get over this hump with the 49ers? Because this 49ers team is not going anywhere. They'll look the same next year to year after that. <laughs> so how are we going to eventually beat them? And you plan everything else after that because they just they are not equipped to beat them. They're just, they're just not. And that's going to happen they play 10 more times these same two teams, they're going to win 10 more times. And I think the only game that the that the Rams won was last year in the playoffs, and they had Odell Beckham. They don't have Beckham now, so they better try to figure something out. All right. Well, I think it's only fair, uh, considering that there was a division on the line this week, that we uh, go to the Falcons and the Panthers game. Falcons won 37-34. In overtime, anybody see? Did y'all see that uh, the last minute touchdown pass to DJ Moore? I did, and I was completely blown away. I can't believe not only that he that they actually able to complete the pass, but then that he did the thing and took his helmet off and actually got the penalty for it. That cost him, and then getting the extra you, point that cost him the game. You know what? But see, here's my thing about that. Somebody else done that exact I same like, thing later that day. Go ahead, Jarvis. Somebody else done that exact same thing in another game. Didn't get penalized. There you go. Nope. My thing that is, that, that penalty. Stephon and it's because he ended the game with it. But time ran out, right? Like, the time was out. Time was run out when he caught the touchdown, right? Yes, that's but what I'm saying. Time had run out. But but, they, but the, the game was tied. They had to kick the extra point, and they missed it, and it went to overtime. Oh, you're saying Diggs took the – I mean, uh, hold on. Who, who, who did you say did done that? The other he, players? This, this was DJ Moore this past Sunday. No, not him. Stephon Diggs did it. But Stephon Diggs did it at the end of the game. It was, it was already in overtime. It was, a, it was a walk-off touchdown. Right, it was a walk-off touchdown. When does Stephon Diggs have a well, walk-off okay, touchdown? Okay, but the nature of the rule is to protect the player from... Now, I was talking about this week. I was talking about actually Sunday. But, yeah, go ahead. No, oh, go ahead, T. Oh, go no, ahead. Oh, but, 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 this past Sunday, it was DJ Moore. Yesterday, it was DJ Moore. No, was DJ no. Moore. I was saying it was another player the same day on another game. They did the same thing and didn't get oh. penalized. Yeah, no. Now, I'm not yeah, talking about so back, my, the, back then. All right, but okay, let's just use the Stephon Diggs uh, play for example, right? Okay, I just okay. want to compare the two. The nature of the rule is is it to protect the player from getting hit with the helmet on? No, 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 no. In that situation, it's taunting. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm telling you the rule. I'm right, right, no, no, no. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's hmm. ridiculous. I'm sorry. I I'm not about to get mad at that man for being overcome with emotion and taking his helmet off. Hmm. And he took the helmet off. Why he was near a crowd? It's not like he was like looking in the in the in a opposing player's face. Like he was at the crowd. He took his helmet off. No, I can't get mad about that. That's that's a that's a dumb rule. Um, now I I will say, Carolina still ended up with the ball. Mariota threw a pick on the first possession in overtime. Carolina had a chance at a short field goal. The field goal kicker still missed the field goal. Carolina still should have won that game, and even the extra point. He still should have made that extra point. However, that's a dumb rule, and it's time for the NFL to cut out all these taunting penalties. Uh, these guys are professional athletes; they are not robots. 
And to me, taking off a helmet after a 60-yard bomb to win the game, or should have won the game, is not, um, is not, should not be penalized. I'm sorry, you know. But it is plays like that, really, you know. And I know that, you know, Jarvis has been trying to tell us about certain things for a long time. But it's plays like that, situations like that, sequences like that, that make you be like, all right, maybe Jarvis is right some of these times, right? Because, like, um, to me, that just does not make sense. That like game should be ended in regulation. And, and so the thing about it is, like, even from the standpoint of, of you know, in, refer- in reference to kind of Jarvis's view on some of these things, like, it ain't really just so much of that. It's just a penalty like that, like, you know you, know you can't do that. Stephon Diggs, like, I, I don't know who else that Jarvis is referencing that he said did it this past week. Uh, I don't, that's DJ Moore's the only one that I saw. Uh, but, was, but that's what I saw. When Stephon Diggs did it, it was clear, you know, it was overtime. He scored the touchdown. He scored the touchdown in overtime. This was before the, before the, the new, uh, you know, both teams get a, get the, uh, get the ball rule. Because uh, I think it was in the playoffs that he did it to the Saints. And, uh, yeah, that, that famous play where uh, where they yeah, the yeah. or whatever, and he ran it in, and so I mean the game's over. Of course they can't penalize him uh, So he was, you know, hopefully it was it was an awareness situation. I would have, I would like to think that he knew that if it wasn't that situation, then he would have been penalized and he would have done it. So DJ Moore should have known better. Uh, you know, by the same token, it, it is wild that uh, that's the mistake he made, and that's that's how kind of how that ended up. Uh, I'm not saying there's any uh, anything going on there, but you know it, it does. Peak the interest just a little bit. Uh, from the football side of it, I didn't watch a lot of this game, uh, but obviously seeing kind of the, the points that was put up, clearly it was a pretty good one. I don't have anything other than what T said. I, I'm pretty much with him on all of that. And if you're going to make the call, be consistent with it. They were not consistent with it on Sunday. I'll give you who it was that done it as soon as I can get it, get it pulled up. Heard it. In the meantime, is it pretty uh, safe to say that the Raiders are the most disappointing team in the league this year? Yes, easily. Lost, lost yes. twenty-four to nothing to the, to the Saints uh, on Sunday. Yeah, very easily. And, it, and it's hard to even put it into words because, you know, we all came into this season thinking that the NFC West, from top to bottom, would just be just you know a juggernaut of a division. And don't get me wrong, you know, I think outside of Sunday's game. The Raiders have lost like pretty much like one position games pretty much every week. Um, but getting blown out to the New Orleans Saints and getting blown out to Andy Dalton, who just threw a game away, and then not scoring at all is just totally, completely unacceptable. And it's time to raise the question about um, uh, what's the head coach of, uh, my goodness, from New, from New England. <laughs> Yeah, I know oh, Josh McDaniel. Josh McDaniel, thank you. My mind is, hey, I'm telling you, I get about three hours while I have full mind capacity. <laughs> After the end, it just <laughs> it starts to zip away. But yeah, McDaniel, the start. It's time to start raising some questions about McDaniel's because this is his second go around as a head coach. The first time was not great, and this time is not starting off great either. He's got talent. He has got a good position player everywhere on offense. And there's no excuse for them to not even score a point. <laughs> so it's time to start raising some questions. Yep. And, you yep. know, and, and on the same token, uh, <laughs> and Jarvis has talked about this for a few weeks now, but, but Nathaniel Hackett, it's time for the questions. Like, should we should we keep this guy or go on and pay him to go on about his business? Because we can't, neither one of those teams 
especially the Raiders, because the uh, the Broncos are okay, right? Like they're okay. They're, they're yeah, but so we can't say about Haggard this week. They won. They won, right? They're okay. But whatever uh, uh, McDaniel's has going on over there, it's time to start raising some questions. I mm-hmm. think the, the more disturbing thing for me is not only, you know, obviously where they are there, but, you know, this week, Devontae Adams had a total of two yards from scrimmage this week. The one That's catch for three yards, and he had one rushing attempt for negative one yards. He had two yards from scrimmage, and he, and he had five, five targets in the passing game. Like, if you can't yeah. get Devontae Adams more than five targets and, and three yards receiving, I, I mean, I could do that on accident. Like, I, I don't even understand how something like that happens. Um, All right. So well, let me ask you guys a question then. If you are Devontae Adams, would you have rather to have played for less in Green Bay or taking his money and going on over to uh, to, to Las Vegas? Green Bay offered him the same money. The money wasn't even the problem. So, do, if you're Devontae Adams, do you miss Green Bay? Hell yeah. No, both of them are looking at each other like, man, we really wish we could get back together. And Aaron Rodgers is like, is like a couple, like a toxic couple that broke up that nobody wants to say they want to get back together. Right. And they both know they want to. Like, that, like that's where they at. And, and unfortunately for them, they can't. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the Raiders, aren't, Raiders ain't going to trade them back. So, uh, you know, I uh, it's... It's unfortunate, but it's 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 funny. It's, it's, I would say funny. It's weird to see, uh, you know, two guys that you know you could easily have seen a, a run with them that lasted a couple more years, and possibly got them back, you know, back to the Super Bowl uh, with the right additions around them. But uh, Devontae Adams ready to move on, particularly seeing that Aaron Rodgers has kind of been up and down with the Packers the last couple of years about if he's going to return, if he wanted to be traded, you know, if he's going to retire, whatever the case is. So. Yeah. Um, you know the, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers kind of made them bit, made them bet for themselves in a lot of lot of respects as well. Jarvis, man, pretty much what y'all said, man. Um, not not to hold the show up. I don't have too much more on that either. Um, yeah, just picking back out for what y'all said, man. I really agree. So, not much here for me. I heard that. Well, yeah. Uh, the move from who we've all. Uh, previously thought was the best receiver in the league to my pick for this conversation that we were having off air before we started and that would be one Tyreek Hill uh, for the Miami Dolphins another 12 catches, 188 yards for him uh, on Sunday he was absolutely unstoppable Miami comes back from I believe two 14 point de- deficits yeah. uh, in, the, in the game to beat the Detroit Lions uh, Detroit's not a great team so it, you know the fact that they were down in the first place uh, says a little something, but by the same time, you got Tua back, you know, basically with second or third week since the concussion stuff. So, uh, Detroit is, um, they're, they're a strong team. They just don't finish well. Obviously, they've had situations like this a lot this year. Um, but Tyreek Hill, to me, you know, I think it's kind of put a little bit more respect on his name when it comes to that best receiver in the league conversation. I think he often gets put in the conversation, but nobody really looks at him as potentially the top. And, I mean, you know, a guy with that kind of speed and that kind of Playmaking ability, even being able to go up over guys, you know, even though he's only what five nine, five ten. I mean, you just you just don't see Tyreek Hills. I mean, he, I said, just, he I, says he's five ten. I don't believe it, but he says he's five ten. Right, he might not be that tall. He might be five eight. And, and he and he will go up over you. Uh, okay, guys, we ready to have this best receiver in the league discussion? Yes. <laughs> I, I I threw my hat in the ring already. What you got? Um. Man, from what I've seen this year, honestly, 
I, I really do believe that Justin Jefferson might be the best receiver in the league. To me, he just does everything very well. I don't think there's really a hole in Justin Jefferson's game. I, and I and I know that him and Jamar Chase were teammates at LSU, and you know that's probably going to be a lot of people's first choice because of the stats he put up last year. But I'm actually going to put give Justin Jefferson a little bit of a nod over him. But I think the question came up because of, and I'm glad you picked Tyreek Hill because it reinforces what I want to say. I think the question came up because Younger Diggs tweeted that big older Diggs might be the best in the game. Is that is that? Pretty much how that happened, Jarvis. Yeah, I saw that. Come on. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hear uh, you, too. <laughs> okay. I, I, and, I, and I think that Stefan should absolutely get some consideration for best receiver in the league because he's been very consistent for a while. Mm-hmm. The problem is we as sports fans have to quit trying to make everybody fit into a certain mold. What I am trying to say is uh, we want everybody to look superhuman, especially receivers and, and and a lot of our basketball players. And to us, a lot of times, if you don't look like a doggone creative player off of Madden or 2K, then you can't be tops. You know, so for a long time it was Calvin Johnson. You know, uh, and I was always I was always under the impression that to me, Antonio Brown was a better receiver because he played the position better. To me, that's just an opinion. Nobody's right or wrong. Um, and in this case, I very much like Stephon Diggs. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, if anybody says Stephon Diggs, I can't argue with it, but I just don't think enough people come to that consensus because he doesn't look like a million bucks. So yeah, I just I, wish that yeah. we would get out of that hat. He, he is, but Amara Cooper is nasty with the route running. Yeah, I, I, I think, think Stephon's Stephon is a little more, I think Stephon's a little more explosive than Amara Cooper is. Um, and right now he has a better quarterback, so he's going to look. He's going to look and a lot that's, better. That's my argument against him when I say Tyreek Hill, because Tyreek Hill left from the only guy that that most people really compare with Josh Allen to the guy to Tua, and you know a guy that a lot of people put obviously below you know below that tier. Yeah, yeah. And, and he had missed the beat. That is right, true. Right, that's, and that's a very good point. But I just, I just, I just wanted to say that because I, I know that we as sports fans a lot of times get a habit of wanting to see the Calvin Johnsons, the DK Metcalfs, the AJ Browns, and everybody just can't be big and superhuman like that. Everybody can't be Randy Moss and you know a lot of these the To that were you know just ungodly like you know demigods. Some guys are just guys and they play great and that's okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I, I agree with both of your takes. Uh, Tyreek Hill, definitely, man, like, what is there to say? You know, we know for him to do what he's doing now with another quarterback, you're right, Nick, uh, good point. And then back to what Terrence was just saying about Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson. Man, those guys are balling. I don't know which one to say is better. I just know they're both good. And um, I guess, you know, you can make an argument for Jefferson having a slight edge because he's playing with Kirk Cousins. And most people still don't think Kirk Cousins is Josh Allen. But, man, Diggs, I just think that's when Josh Allen's game really elevated. You know, that's when it really, you know, went on another level and the production went up because of him. You know, when the Bills made that acquisition to trade for him. I'm going with Diggs still, but T's so right. He's not flashy. He's not, I mean, he doesn't have that look. And so, yeah, it, it's he's not going to be the popular pick. But, yeah, it, it probably is him. 
Although D Hop is coming back, letting it be known that hey, I know I missed some time, but um, don't and he forget made about an amazing me. one-handed catch yesterday. Oh yes, he did. No drop, D Hop. Oh, I didn't um, see that. Oh man, oh, he oh, made an amazing one-handed catch yesterday. Nasty. I mean, that- he was out. Uh, yeah, he was lined up on a slide, and they were on like the three or four-yard line, and the guy was trying to press him, and the guy had great coverage on him. Um, great Burgess coverage. threw it, and man, D Hop with his hand size reached out and snatched it out of the air, just one hand. And if anybody else. If that's anybody else he's throwing to, people would say, Kyler, what the hell are you doing? But he just, yep. D-Hop, just erased all of that and made him look good. Made him look like he knew what the hell he was doing. But that's just an amazing catch. It was great cover. Oh, this, come on, this touchdown catch? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, he nasty for this. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, good snatch. That's what he does. No drop D-Hop. But, uh, yeah, so nah, I'm, I, it's somewhere between those three guys, though, and, like, they're all balling, though. And so, you know, Diggs, Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, man, um, they are they are doing their thing and they're playing lights out football. Uh, all right, Nick, we can keep it going, but um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Do we need to quickly talk about yeah. the best performances? Also, though, a lot of three touchdown performances from a lot of players. Uh, oh yeah, definitely, definitely got a lot of that. Alvin yeah. Kamara, Tony Pollard, uh, of course, my own AJ Brown. Well, that's too much. He was one thirty-five, thirteen. AJ Brown was was a monster. He got drug tested this morning. Apparently, uh, he, I don't know if y'all saw him tweet about that. I did. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm saying, come on, Roger. This, this ain't random. Like, I mean, it, I mean, he, he looked like he was on. Like, he, he had to be on something. So I mean, they they couldn't cover him. They couldn't stay in front of him. They couldn't tackle him. Uh, he even had one. You know, he had a, a slant route that he you know turned the other way and took off for an additional forty yards yard up the catch. So. Um, you know, I mean, I hate to sound repetitive, but we're really good. <laughs> I'm enjoying uh, it. I just, yeah, I just, I just think that if anything, that shows you that the Eagles can beat you in so many, in so many different ways. They can come in, they can shut your offense down. They can come in, they can run it down your throat. They can put it in the air. Uh, and and the crazy part is, offensively, I don't even know if they've reached their full potential yet. Yeah, that 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 is an, a fun thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we're on the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Uh, or just who, who who's or the performance of A.J. Brown. Uh, A.J. Brown, yeah. The, the Philadelphia Eagles won a, another good game. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I, I've said that the Eagles would win, but for some reason Sunday morning I kind of thought that, hey, the Steelers may actually beat them. And I was going back to 2004 when the Steelers was the first team to actually give the Eagles their first defeat in that Super Bowl season. Uh, but that game was on the road in Pittsburgh. It was not in Philly, and that game was in Philly on Sunday. So, A.J. Brown is phenomenal. What I saw on Sunday, I swear I thought I was watching McNabb and Terrell Owens. I thought that that was who I was seeing on the field. Uh, That's baby T.O. I've said that before. Um, I've been saying it for a minute. It was the reason why Jerry Rice was running the hill with that young man and the reason why he was telling Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch to draft him, Um, and they didn't listen. But A.J. Brown is phenomenal. He's a phenomenal talent, and it was good for him to just open up all the doors and just bust them wide open on uh, on Sunday. I love what I saw from him. I even love even more what I saw from Jalen Hurts. I have no more doubts. Even though I'll admit the past few weeks I was saying some things about Jalen Hurts just to, you know, not be a hater. I still wasn't totally convinced, but I definitely saw the improvements of his game. Well, Sunday, he blew that wide open for me. I'm talking about great deep ball accuracy. That was like because it was better coverage than what we want to give it credit for. It was just a great throw, great ball placement, great accuracy, and A.J. Brown just doing what he's doing and eating. 
And so he basically mossed these guys. And when he pointed at both of them in the end zone, I'm like, that was funny. That was that funny. Was and that is so T.O.-ish. If I don't know anybody, that is very T.O.-ish. And, you know, so he was kind of a mixture of T.O. and Moss on uh, Sunday. And I just loved it. But he can't do that without those accurate dimes. Jalen threw some dots. And I got to give him his props. I have no more, no more um, criticism about, you know, Jalen Hurts at all. I'm done critiquing him. He's already better than Dak Prescott. Uh, and, and, and you know, people are talking about how Dak is. He, he's already better than Dak. Uh, he's better than a few players right now from looking at what he can do with his legs and his arm. He just needed a little talent, and now he's gotten it. Man, AJ, baby T.O. Um, unbelievable. Great game. Yeah, Jalen looks like everything that Dallas wishes Dak Prescott was. I do agree with that. Uh, past that, one other uh, definitely great performance, uh, the return of King Henry to another 200-yard game against the Texans, 219 yards to be exact, and two touchdowns. Titans win 17-10 in Malik Willis' professional starting debut. Uh, he only had 6, six for 10, 55 yards. But, I mean, why would he need to throw the ball? Uh, obviously, if Derrick Henry's going to go for 219 yards, you hand him the ball. Yeah, yeah, let 30, me. 32 times with the rock, though. That's a lot. That's, That's a, a lot. lot of carries. That's a lot of carries, but it's almost like, you know, hey, if it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And this is okay. this guy's first start. Uh, what's his name? The head coach, Lovey Smith. No, Lovey Smith. He's just oh. licking his chops. He's pretty much licking his chops, man, to get after Malik Willis or disguise up all kind of schemes, you know, to, you know, throw him off, send him, show different coverages, give him different looks, and pick this young guy apart. But that didn't happen because they didn't throw it enough. And I understand why they didn't. This guy still has some some learning to do. The clock in the head needs to speed up. There's a few things that he can definitely do better in, but it's his first NFL start. And he had to start because Tannehill's, you know, kind of dealing with an ankle injury. I think Vrabel kind of wanted to see what Malik could bring. But Lovey Smith, he really does stifle these young quarterbacks. Uh, but and and the, but the Texans struggle with the run, though. They can't stop the run, so why? Why not keep handing it out to the big moose? And he did what he does. Every time I say Nick Chubb or somebody says Jonathan Taylor or somebody else says Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry just keep doing what Derrick Henry does. And that's run over everybody, just mauling over these that's defenders. Right. And so just give him his credit, man. Look, we just talked about A.J. Brown. I'm glad that Nick brought this right into the Titans. You know, you brought from the Eagles to the Titans. A.J. Brown is no longer a Titan. But we have to give the Eagles credit. I mean, the Titans credit. Even without this phenomenal talent that just scored three touchdowns in Philly for the Eagles, the Titans are 5-2 and two, regardless. Say what you will. Yeah, they played the Colts twice. Yeah, they beat the Texans. But they're 5-2. and two. They don't score a lot of points in the second half. Their blindside left tackle is out. They've dealt with injuries. The secondary has given up some plays. They keep shuffling these uh, DBs in and out of the lineup. Mike Vrabel is still winning. After an 0-2 start, five straight wins, we got to put some respect on the Titans' name, regardless Absolutely. of how they're beating. So uh, that's just you, all you I wanted beat to the say. Guys in front of you. Yeah, yeah. That's all I wanted to say. There's just, you know, shout out to Derrick Henry. He's still doing his thing. Eddie George did not put Derrick Henry in his top five of the running back list earlier this season. I wonder, is he in there now? Or I wonder, was that just a plot, you know, for him to to light another fire under Derrick Henry's ass? And I want to go with the latter on that, but I digress. Uh, Just, again, I just wanted to just say, Tennessee Titans, got to give them some credit. As much as we're praising A.J. Brown and the Eagles and how, you know, they shouldn't have let them go, they're doing okay without them. Now, I still think they need to go make a move. 
rather sign OBJ or go trade for somebody to help them out in the receiving game, um, something. I still think they need to get better because they are about to play some teams here where it's about to get real. They got the Kansas City Chiefs coming up, I believe. So, yeah. but, you know, again, just wanted to say that about Derrick Henry, man. Uh, Eddie, you, he had to be. He had to be just trying to fire him up, and it's worked because, man, he did it. Yep, yep. Past that, not really much left to talk about. Uh, Patriots beat the Jets. Bill Belichick moves in the second all-time and wins. Uh, Commanders come back and beat the Colts uh, with a with a long bomb by Taylor Heineke late in the game, and then a, then a quarterback sneak. I think it was 16 seconds or so. To go. Heineke. And of course, the Bills beat the Packers last night, uh, Sunday night, 27-17. Yeah. Good stuff. I like how you're running through it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it. Okay, that's it. We're done. Really. Wow, uh, Monday night. Monday night. Then and we we can just go right to Monday night. If not, we don't have to be on that long either. The Bengals they were out with uh, they I mean they were without Jamar Chase and they pretty much got a thumping. Chubb did his thing. Kareem yeah, Hunt. They looked like it. Yeah, it looked like it. Kareem Hunt did his thing. Chubb did his thing. Jacoby Brissett. You know he was slinging that thing across the field, looking like the uh, the '80s, the '90s. John Elway or somebody. He was. He was ripping it. Amari Cooper stepped in the Steve Urkel chamber, came back out, and he had on an Alabama uniform. I don't know, but <laughs> it, it, it was a hell of a game for the Browns, not so much for the Bengals. And I just want to say that Amari Cooper, he's not that bad. He just had to get away from Dak. But uh, Jacoby Brissett, he's not that bad either. They just have to run the ball and play better defense. Well, Miles Garrett showed up on Monday night. And all this talk about the Bengals upgrading their O-line and how much money they spent on it, they still look like trash to me. Joe Burrow's still having to do so much with so little. Uh, I feel for him, man, but he's a tough guy. He's going to hang in there. But I knew the Browns would win that game. I think we all got Cleveland right. I think that's correct, yes. That um, that offensive line, man, mm. It's, it's, it's almost like a toss-up between <laughs> and you knew I was know what you guys are going go with, but that off that offensive line in Baltimore is secondary. Uh, <laughs> right now, it's that offensive line, man, because at the very least, Baltimore is still ahead, you know, ahead in the AFC North, where Cincinnati can't beat the Browns without uh, Deshaun Watson. So, uh, yeah, man, that offensive line is just just not good at all. And I also think that. It also comes back to coaching to me a little bit because if you know your line is bad, I think you coach around it, right? Like, you, you, you come up with ways to get the ball a lot quicker. And I think they tried that for a minute, but by the time they looked up, they were down 18 nothing, 25 nothing. I think, is what it ended up being. Uh, and you just can't win like that. You just cannot win like that, especially on the road. The offensive line is already – even a good offensive line going up against Miles Garrett will struggle. Uh, but when you're a bad offensive line, man, it's on the road with with uh, playing from behind, not good, not good at all. So uh, just hey, shout out to the Browns, man. They came out and dominated, literally dominated. Yep. Miles Garrett showed up as Vegna and pulled him into the upside down. All right. <laughs> that's a Stranger Things reference. I know I'm the only one on the show, on the show that watches it, so that's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, uh, so if we're done with the NFL, then uh, we talked about all the players that had great games from Pollard to McCaffrey to Kamara to A.J. Brown. 
even Foreman, Deontay Foreman, all those three touchdown performances by those players. Hope a lot of people did good with their with their props or whatever with those guys or fantasy. Uh, now, into some more interesting things in basketball. Uh, I don't know how interesting you you know you would call it, but Kyrie Irving uh, in the news once again with the Brooklyn Nets, and he's in the news for tweeting. We're talking about just a tweet now, um, and I'm, I, I promise I'm gonna do my best to be careful on what I say, but a tweet, and everybody is on him right now. Uh, with this whole anti-Semitic uh, stuff that's going on. And he tweeted about a movie that is talking about anti-Semitic things and Jews doing this and that. Uh, a lot of horrible things I could imagine. I have not looked all the way into it or checked the movie out. I do plan on doing so. But everybody's saying it's a bunch of bull and it's lies. Now, I don't know if anybody has proof that they're lies or what, but that's neither here nor there. The matter of the, the fact of the matter is, guys, is that the Brooklyn Nets are probably up to here. And I know nobody can see me right now, but I am I got my hand as high as I can to the ceiling. Way, way uh, up there. <laughs> way up there. And at some point, they have to make a decision. What are they going to do? Yeah, we want to win. Yeah, he's a phenomenal offensive talent. But damn it, uh, his, his conspiracy theories is driving us crazy. What are we going to do here? Now, I will say this. No, I won't. That's all I'll say. I'll let you guys have it. Um, who wants to go first on what's going on with Kyrie? And again, we don't have to be on it long. I'll be brief. <laughs> Very brief. Who was behind this movie that we're talking about? Uh, I think it's, um, well, I don't know for sure, but I know for one, everybody that's criticizing. It's based on, it's based on a book from what I saw. Okay, but I think I know where Terrence is going, and I just want to say that from what I know, Everybody that's complaining about Kyrie, you know, promoting the movie. Nobody's saying anything about the people who's putting the movie out, and that's Amazon. Did I answer that question for you, T? It's, um, uh, what's the guy's name? He just got in trouble for... Uh, Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Alex Jones, okay, yeah, that makes now, sense. if you have seen any videos from Alex Jones, some of the antics that he pulled, some of the stuff that he said about was the Sandy Hook, um... The last thing I will be doing, I don't care what he's saying, the last thing I will be doing is co-signing on anything he has his hands on. Just gotta be just gotta be better. I don't even want to say smarter than that. Just gotta be better than that. Like don't especially now it's different for us, right? Like I mean for the most part we are I don't want to say regular people because we're we're important too, damn it. But for the most we work for our either ourselves we don't work for billion dollar corporations with our names attached to them. Kyrie does. <laughs> mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, Kyrie works for two billion dollar corporations. He mm-hmm. works for the Nets and the league. And himself, right? Because he, he, he is his own brand. And the last thing I will be doing is attaching my name, the Nets name, the NBA's name, and I don't even know if he's with Nike. I don't think he's with Nike anymore, but whatever the case may be. They drop, they drop it in this shoe this month, next month, this month. I, he's still with Nike. The last thing I'll be doing is attaching my name and these $3 billion corporations to Alex Jones. He ain't worth it. I don't give a damn what the message is. It's not worth it. That's all I got to say. That's also a fair point that I, that I hadn't really considered. Um... Kyrie, Kyrie bothers me because he, he bothers me too, but I didn't want to go there. <laughs> he bothers me because he tries to play as if he doesn't, 
he 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 understands that he has a platform, but he tries to play and act as if he's every man. And and but but it's like he he knows he's not. So like this whole back and forth he got into with the reporter, because he was you know he was like well, who says I'm promoting blah blah blah, and it's like you gonna sit here and act like you don't have last I checked four and a half million Instagram followers, Facebook followers, Twitter followers, whatever it was Twitter Twitter followers. So it's like if you know that when when you put something out on Twitter that unlike 99.9% of the rest of the world who, who is going to reach our family and friends and people we went to high school with that we barely talk to anymore, whatever else, and and, and a couple of bites, you're going to reach a significant portion of the population. You know that anything you do out in a public space is going to draw attention. So to piggyback on to what Terrence said, because I, I, I hadn't realized that that was who was behind the Behind the film, I just saw that it was a it was a book it was based on a book um, that also apparently had a lot of things in there that were uh, degrading the Jewish people. Then um, that's just, it. It baffles me that somebody can can try to pretend to be that clueless and be hurting really nobody but himself. It it just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, especially for somebody who is claiming to be you know more intelligent than most people or whatever the case or walks around with an air it seems of being more intelligent than most people it's just weird to me that he then uses these situations to try to act clueless like oh i didn't know i was you know so famous that this would be a problem of course it's a problem <laughs> yeah and and, uh, and this is not me speaking to you know i i don't know enough about the topic and about what people say to say you know that he knows that the stuff is accurate or inaccurate or whatever the case is i i just be honest about that I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if you know that it's going to be that much of a hot button, and apparently it seems to be a, a, a pretty uh, one-sided conversation, so to speak, one-sided debate, so to speak, then just just don't say anything. It's probably a better move than, than to you know put yourself in that position. It doesn't make sense for me coming from Kyrie. Right, and, and for the record, I don't think Kyrie really hates anybody, right? Like, I think the people, I will say that I, I, I do believe that Sometimes, and he had an opportunity to do this last night, or not last night, but it was a Saturday night, I think, uh, when he had the press conference or Sunday night. Um, sometimes it's, wor- it's worth having a conversation to see exactly where this person is coming from. Um, and I and I do think that a lot of the times we, instead of us having the dialect, we throw labels, throw, and I spoke about this earlier, we throw labels, we throw names or somebody to attach them to something. I don't think for a second that Kyrie hates any group of people. I just think that a lot of the times, um, and I'm trying to be careful also, <laughs> I think that a lot of the times <laughs> we don't think our words, or in this case, our posts through, which are, are really an extension of us. Um, I think that's one of those times where just it just gets ahead of you and before you know it you know and like i said we can do that and get away with it for the most part right like there's there's very little consequences because our money is not tied to what we post our money is not our money is not tied to what we say you know our money is tied to whatever work we do within the confines of our day's time which does not include necessarily include what we post for the most part when you're on that level it's totally different and you got to think a little bit differently Kyrie. um Along with everybody else right now, everybody, I, I, I would like to caution anybody 
that is just out there and is trying to be uh, trying to be noteworthy in the in the in the social media atmosphere. You just have to be careful. It's that simple. Everybody knows you have to be careful. And there's some things that we might think are just totally safe that to somebody else is uh, totally problematic. But you know, Kyrie has a has a very much has a nose of being in the in the problematic spaces. <laughs> He's made a habit of this uh, in the past few years, and tweeting something or and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what they were saying. People were saying that he was promoting a movie. I don't know if he was promoting it or not. I didn't see the tweet. Um, but even to attach yourself to it in this atmosphere, uh, it's just totally problematic. And he's got to be better than that. He just has to be straight up, has to be better than that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'll try to be as quick as I can also. Basically, look, Kyrie, we all know this is the prime example of things that I used to say on Real Spit Podcast all the time. You cannot bite the hand that feeds you. Hint R. Kelly, hint Bill Cosby, hint anybody that's ever reneged or did anything that pissed him off. Nick Cannon, Kanye right now. Everybody that says things that are facts and true. And then come back and apologize. We got to say one thing about Kyrie, though. At least he hadn't apologized. Uh, there's a lot of things that people are bashing people like himself and Ye for right now. Some of these people have said, and other people have said similar things. You know, people are bashing Ye right now for saying things that Jay-Z has said plenty of times in his bars. Uh, Charlemagne the God has said it before in the past, just in a different way. But he just sounded defeated when he said it. And now here we go with Kyrie. But here's my thing, though. The one thing that nobody is talking about and I find this very hard to believe. Why not? I didn't know. I don't know about anybody else, but I didn't know about the damn tweet that Kyrie tweeted, you know, until the damn owner made yeah, the tweet. I don't follow him, so I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I yeah, didn't. me either. I didn't know about the tweet. I didn't know about Kyrie's tweet until after people started talking about the owner's tweet. And if the owner made the damn tweet about Kyrie making his tweet, what does that say about the owner? He's the one who started this flame. Kyrie tweeted it. Nobody thought nothing of it. Then the, then the owner did it and said, I think this is what Kyrie should do. Oh, that means you're mad. You're upset. Is the owner a racist? And speaking of the owner, um, is no one going to talk about the owner? Sean, uh, who's who's Sean Marks? Is he, the, is he the owner or the GM? GM. Okay, let's talk Yo, about Joe G- Josiah is, is the owner, right? Okay, Josiah, mm-hmm. Josiah is the one who started this thing, if you want to be real. But let's talk about Sean Marks, the general manager. Nobody's talking about the issues that he has not fixed. You know, like, let's not complain about what Kyrie is doing. You knew Kyrie was going to be Kyrie. And and that's just that on that, and you're still dealing with it. You're pretty much Rob Palenka with the Lakers. You're just running it back with the same damn cast. Meanwhile, people like Jared Allen, Levert, Dinwiddie, they're all somewhere else flourishing right now. Um, All the Nets need, man, is a big man, and Marks ain't making that happen. Uh, they, they, they can ball, they can play some good basketball, if they can just get more rebounds, get a big man, and, you know, defend a little bit better uh, and, and probably get somebody that can actually coach. And I'm not sure if they have that in Steve Nash. But, again, these are just some of the things that are, you know, not getting talked about. We're just talking about a tweet. Um, look, man, why is everybody so on this guy? If Look, if what he's saying is a lie, then who cares? Don't worry about it. Don't talk about it. And I'm talking about the media. Because they're blowing this thing up. If there's lies and it's not true, why waste your time talking about him or what he's talking about? And why are we talking about this guy who's tweeting or promoting a movie when you're not talking about Amazon who is film, who is pl- playing the damn movie? I don't get that either. When Cap did his protest, everyone said, hey, he can't use the NFL platform 
for his beliefs, for his personal beliefs. All Kyrie did was make a damn post. I'm confused, y'all. Um, but I don't want to say too much. I'm not on Kyrie's side. I understand if I'm on Kyrie's side, then I am, uh, in most people's eyes, a part of the problem. I am a conspiracy theorist. I, you know, am, you know, anti-Semitic. But if I say that, Kyrie, what you did is wrong, shame on you. Then I'm still a sheep. I'm still a pawn. I'm a part of the problem on the other side because, you know, I don't get it. Oh, I'm still tap dancing for the – come on, man. Like, I look, I know Kyrie is getting a lot of money from these people, and he shouldn't be saying a thing. But what I will say that I respect that he, he says it, he stands on it, and that's that on that. I would not – I'm not saying I would be doing this if I was in this situation. I probably would not be doing this. I'm just saying that when these people say this, we get so hung up on what they're saying instead of looking into what they're saying. It's just certain people that we want to listen to and say, I don't want to hear anything he or she has to say. And it shouldn't be like that. Let's just look into what the person is saying. Look into the, Check the book out or check the movie out. And then if you, if you would like to, if you say that you're not going to look at it, you're not even interested in finding out and you just want to bash yay, I mean, uh, uh, Kyrie for saying what he's saying or tweeting what he tweeted, and damn, you may be a part of the problem too now. So I just think that, look, we can't we can't win in this situation. So there's no sense in taking sides, and I'm not. I'm just saying that there's so many other parts that go along with this that nobody's talking about at all. Uh, so what are they going to do with Kyrie? They're going to suspend him? They're going to release him? What are they going to do? Uh, can they even get out of this problem? And that's the main thing. But we know where the problem started. It starts from the owner. He had a problem with it. He tweeted what he tweeted about Kyrie's tweet, and that's when it blew up. So – what is he going to do about Kyrie? Or if is there anything he can do? Like, who wants him? And I got something to say real quick, and I'm going to be done for Shannon Sharp. I've always highly respected Shannon Sharp and the things that he's said in the past on so many issues, whether it's about sports or not, politics, anti-Semitic, statistical racism, all of those type of things that he talks about, you know, in, 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 you know on, his, on that show that him and Skip do every morning. However, he says something on Monday morning that I kind of was scratching my head a bit, and I just kind of think that, hey, man, look, you can think what you want to think, but I know one thing. If Brooklyn did what you said that Brooklyn should do, and that's release Kyrie, Kyrie could sign tomorrow with the Lakers, and you wouldn't say half the things you're just saying about him right now because he'd be with your boy LeBron. Um, but anyway, I digress. Nick, what else we got, man? Oh, let's see. We touched Kyrie. We touched the NFL. We did all the NFL. Uh, any other interesting NBA games on tonight? Grizzlies uh, just lost to the Jazz, one twenty-one to one hundred and five. Hey, Donovan Mitchell and 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 uh, what's his name, Levert? Remember, I was just talking about Levert, yeah, Levert, yeah, Levert, Levert. Dinwiddie, and all these guys who are doing better elsewhere. Levert and Mitchell are making up for a pretty good backcourt in Cleveland. And I don't think nobody has really been talking about the Cavs like that. Uh, I don't know exactly what their record are right now, but they were at like five and one over the weekend. They may be five and two or six and two or something like that. But look, forty pieces. They both put up forty-one apiece in Boston, and then they came back. I think the next night and won another one. They've been playing good basketball. Uh, your thoughts on the Cavs? I don't know what people's expectations again were of them, but they don't look bad to me. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean they're pretty they're pretty good so far. Like I said, you know, Donovan Mitchell is a is a high level star to low level superstar uh, talent, and so you know, look, he got a pretty decent 
squad around them there in Cleveland. So they they could definitely make some noise. I expect them to be a playoff team this year. Um, you know, they may even make a decent run in the Eastern Conference playoffs, uh, considering how just you know dysfunctional the Nets obviously seem to be. You know, I would think they still have a good chance to get it together. Uh, certainly a better chance than maybe somebody like the 76ers. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of what they can do there. Uh, I would still say that the Bucks, of course, are the, are the class of that conference. Um, but but if, as long as the Cavs, basically as long as the Cavs can avoid the avoid the Bucks, uh, maybe the Celtics as well, you know, if they kind of pull it together without their, their uh, normal starting head coach there, then, uh, you know, they, they make it at least when, uh, when they play off series. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that they could um... – make some noise in the playoffs without a doubt. But the, I think the biggest thing is is that where they go in the future because if they can add another piece or two here or there going forward, uh, they could really be a problem. And this is, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad because this is kind of the best they've been since, you know, the the, the last time LeBron and Kyrie were there. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for them. I'm excited every time a smaller team can kind of come up and – Excuse me, and not necessarily be a contender, but at least be relevant. And I do think that they will be relevant. They'll be around for a while. Uh, nobody really expected for Donovan Mitchell to go to Cleveland. We were all looking at, you know, some of the other uh, destinations for him. But he ended up in Cleveland. It looks like it was a good choice because they could really, they could really make some noise in the East. Just they just have to kind of stay the course and add a piece or two here, here or there over time and see what they can see what they can find. Uh, but I. I I like the way it looks so far early on in the season. Yeah, they look good to me, and I just wanted to bring them up. I I haven't just watched them play an entire game, but I've seen a few things, and I, I'm liking what I'm seeing right now. Um, the Cavs were almost a playoff team last year, and, you know, I don't know what people expected. I guess they did expect them to be a playoff team this year, but we I never heard anyone talking about it as much, so. Yeah, I and thought to be fair, they, they did finish before the bubble, well, not the bubble, but the play-in. They were the seventh seed, right? Like they were, they were a top eight seed before the play-in game. But yeah, that's I think uh, that's correct. The guy, the, uh, Jared Allen, Jared Allen got hurt, and they, you know, mm-hmm. that's gonna be a, be a tough, tough out. I think like, did they play have to play Brooklyn? Did mm-hmm. who had to play Brooklyn? Did they have to uh, play Brooklyn in their play-in game last year? They might have. Oh, I'm not sure about last year. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who they played, but. Was Brooklyn playing last year? Was it Brooklyn or was it like uh, Charlotte? It couldn't have been either, either because way. neither made the playoffs. Well, I don't way. think Charlotte made the playoffs. Yeah, but either way, they uh, you know, yeah. it's just it was that's a tough goal to have to lose your center like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah, I just wanted to touch some light, shed some light on on the Cleveland Cavs. Uh, and and anything else in the NBA? Anything else in the NBA? Okay. Uh, the Lakers got their no, first the, win. The Nets were the two seeds last year. Uh, playing the bottom four were the uh, Celtics, Wizards, Pacers, and Hornets. Okay. Well, either or. Yeah, I get what yeah, T is saying though. Bottom four. Okay. Yeah, but I get what T is. I get where he's coming from. And uh, I, that's all I got though, pretty much, other than Kawhi Leonard is uh, is going to be out for a couple more okay. games. Uh, he's uh, Tyron Lue finally came out and made a statement on Monday saying something about, you know, Kyrie is dealing with some things and he's just not where he wants to be mentally or his, uh, he just needs some space or some time. I don't know. Uh, some of it's injury. Some of it's not injury. I don't know what's going on. But now it also says that he'll only probably miss just his road trip, which is like two more games. And maybe he'll return after that. I'm not sure. But he's not going with the team on the road for this two-game road trip or whatever. So, guys – 
well, I'm tired of asking this also, to be honest, but just finally, since we got a statement and we heard something, we asked for some answers. Tyron Lue finally gave us something. Man, guys, what the hell do y'all think about Kawhi? Uh, T, I'm going to let you start first because I know you're going to be pretty quick with it and I know what you're going to say, but please say it. <laughs> this brother is weird. <laughs> he is weird. It's, okay, I, I got to ask this. There's a video that like a fan put out. It was, and it's just, I got to try to find it and share it to you guys. I should have done it earlier. But uh, it's like these kids are going through this uh, haunted house and it's got everything that this person, particularly NBA player, is afraid of. And when they got to uh, Kawhi's, it was social interaction. And the kids just, like, jumped out of his shoes. It's pretty funny. But anyway, I don't want to make fun of his social awkwardness. But as an NBA fan, I've never, or a sports fan in general, I've never seen something this bothersome. And you would think that somebody that's been playing basketball his whole life would not be this weird, but that brother is weird. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't, I don't comprehend it because I mean, it just doesn't make sense. I have my theories. I don't want to talk about, I don't want to sound disrespectful. I'll share those theories off air. I'll say that, but the brother's (laughs) weird. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's, he's a different dude. I mean, he's certainly not, you know, his personality does not lend itself to that of a professional athlete, generally speaking. I mean, you know, most most guys that are that are professional athletes, although they, you know, they may be very kind of monomaniacal and kind of focused on their on the craft sometimes. Uh, you know, they they at least kind of have a personality and, and have a have a, a wherewithal of in terms of how they re- interact with the media and, and you know try to seem like they're at least enjoying what they're doing. I wonder sometimes if Kawhi Leonard even enjoys playing basketball or if he just he, he can't. He can't. Not anymore. He can't. And, no. And and I mean this with no pun intended. Or if he's just you know programmed uh, in essence to <laughs> to uh, to play basketball some kind of way. I I you know obviously with his build and and uh, his you know physical gifts lend themselves to it. Certainly he's a talented and, and a great player when he's on the court. Uh, but you know it almost seems kind of he's almost seems like maybe he's going the the Ben Simmons route at this point. Yeah, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on Kawhi. I don't. I'm done. I don't know what to say. I'm lost for words. No comments, really. Uh, whatever. I don't even. It, it's to, this is the reason why I don't have the Clippers in my in my picks. You know, as far as the early predictions that we made for NBA Finals, as 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 good as I think the Clippers could be if he played every damn night, and we saw what the Clippers was about, were about, we would know. But I mean, how are we gonna know when he's never in the lineup enough? And then when he is, it's well, he's still rusty, or he did all right, but you know he needs to get his get his legs back under him, and let's just see what he does after, you know, a few games have passed by and he's played, and you know his minutes and all of that is, isn't restricted. But we going from coming out the bench to I'm missing some more games and not going on the road, man. Everything y'all said, and he's definitely a weird guy, weird dude. Um, whatever I thought was going on was going to happen with the Clippers, I totally whiffed on that big time because. They're not doing a thing right now. And Paul George has got to be killing himself right now to take that trade because he had a lot to do with it happening, too. Like, they were on the phone. He said, yeah, they can make it happen. Yeah, I'm with it. I come to L.A. I want to come home. I want to blah, blah, blah. And with Kawhi, cool. And he, he Kawhi hadn't been a part of that that, that deal, really. The, the first season, and that was it. He hadn't been there. To the, he hadn't showed up again. He, he showed up to the party for one year, left, and he hadn't came back. You know, so – this is really all 
Paul George whenever he's playing these days because he's not always playing every night either. Uh, so all the things we were looking for with him and John Wall, oh, my God, we're not going to really get to see it if Kawhi keeps playing these disappearing acts. Man. Um, yeah, he's definitely getting good, good, a good check, and that's all he's doing right now is collecting a check and whatever, man. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> y'all are crazy. Okay, so, guys, we talked about Kawhi. We talked about uh, Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs. Uh, the Lakers got a got a win with Russell Westbrook coming out the bench. We don't know what's gonna happen in LA, in LA. Are they gonna make a trade or is it just gonna be a long, terrible season for the Lakers? Who knows? But um, that's pretty much all I got. The Golden State Warriors lost back to back games. Uh, I think it was a, it is a road trip on the East Coast, but they lost to the Detroit Pistons on Sunday, and before that, they lost to the Hornets in Charlotte. So uh, any any. I know I saw Steph playing on the Hornet game. Everybody was full, I think, full go for the Hornet game. Anybody got any worries about the Warriors or just just it's just early in the season? You know, just ride. No, not motion. at all. I, I think from yeah, I think from what I'm seeing, man, these guys are going to be uh, just as good, if not better, than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, you know, it's just kind of one of those losses. I mean, the Hornets aren't a terrible team. Uh, Warriors lost the game, and they're not gonna, you know, not gonna win all eight two. So, uh, no, you're not gonna win all eight two, and, and right. you know, that's expected for an for an older player coming back from the from an Achilles injury. We we've seen how debilitating uh, those Achilles injuries can be for explosiveness. They just pretty much take it away. But players smart enough to figure it out because he didn't. His game wasn't to be explosive anyway. Uh, he still seems to be pretty effective regardless, but just from what I've seen, he ain't blown by anybody at all, which he didn't do a lot of that anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. I don't want to clown like Charles Barkley did because I know it's, you know, it's rough, right? Like, you know, with, with the way Clay Thompson's career went from, you know, possibly getting a huge payday to having the ACL and game, what, game five of the finals, I think. Mm-hmm. Coming back from that and then having the uh, Achilles injury before he could even take the court, mm-hmm. that man could have just said, damn basketball, I'm done. So for him to make it back, come back last year, win a championship, and coming back at the start of this season and try to, still trying to play himself back to old form, I ain't got anything bad to say about that. That brother is a champion in more aspect than one. But well, just looking at it, he does seem to have lost something. Oh, yeah. He's uh, lost a and lot. I, and, I, and I think they can work around that. It'll be fine. He's lost a lot. I won't be surprised if he and that Draymond Green. Well, Draymond Green's actually been playing pretty aggressive and offensively. He hadn't looked as bad, but whatever. Klay Thompson, he – Draymond, they're getting more out of Draymond offensively right now than they are, Klay. So, everything that you just said, T, I agree with, but he – hey, man, I, I'm, I'm wondering why. This has to be just good deed, just being good. We appreciate you, and we're just going to – out of respect – it has to be some type of honorable thing that they're doing right now with Clay Thompson because you tell me why in the hell shouldn't he be coming off the bench? We talk about how bad Russell Westbrook has been playing. What is Clay doing? He can't defend like he could any like he used to because of the injuries. He won't be the same again. I said that. When you tear the Achilles, it's over with. We can come back from an ACL, but Achilles, show me the proof on who's really came back from that and were the same player. Not many. Clay doesn't really have that anymore. He's missing a whole lot of shots than he's making these days, and I find it hard to believe that he's still starting in front of Tyrone. How long? Is it Tyrone? Tyrone Poole. Tyrone Poole. 
Jordan Poole. Poole. I'm sorry. Why am I saying Tyrone? T- Jordan Poole. I think Tyrone. I think Tyrone Poole played a little defense for the Patriots. If I'm mistaken. That's what I'm. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell am I back on football? <laughs> yeah. Jordan Poole. The emergence of him. Oh my God. He should be in the starting lineup. Him and Steph together on the floor starting is dangerous. Yeah, I still like how they're doing it with him coming off the bench. Don't get me wrong, but let's see. Yeah, yeah, I think let's it's see. beneficial to him because I, I I love the two man game with him and Wiseman. Uh, yeah, I just think that they've got to get those other guys along, Kaminga and uh, I don't know somebody else. Once those guys come along, it is going to be tough to beat those guys. Those, those guys second unit will be able to beat a lot of guys first unit, and I think that's what Golden State is really banking on. They are good guys, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't hesitate if somebody made the right offer for Clay. I'm sorry, I wouldn't. It's time. I think and that's about yeah, it. Let's get what the right offer looks like because I, I don't know if I'm on, I'm bored with that one. Well, look, hold on, hold on. Let's let's do it before everybody knows what I know, because I do think I know what I know. And if you're all watching, you know it as well. He was bad in the NBA Finals. He had maybe one game where he kind of got his swag back and got 18 or 20. I mean, he's not the same Clay, you all. He's not the guy that's going to go for 30 or 40 anymore because he just can't seem to, I don't know, maybe get that jump or that release. Well, there's nothing wrong with his release. It's got to be something in the legs. And so when he gets up and he gets ready to, you know, jump and make his shot, something's off. And I just it's, it's just not there anymore. And I say trade him before everybody realizes what I realize. And you can get some things for him. Well, look, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I like what Golden State is doing. They're still a good team. I'm just saying you're not getting much out of Clay anymore. There's no need to keep him around. Jordan Poole, is, he's, the, he's the next man up. That boy balling, man. Yeah. And I think he deserves well, more think, minutes. I think that Golden State's plan is to just run it back with everybody this year and then allow those guys, if they do let Clay go, if they do let Draymond go, allow them to be able to find their own teams and sign for their own money. I, I think they are doing that for them as opposed to trying to get something for them because they, they kind of have everything they need for the future almost. Uh, mm. So I really believe that Clay and Draymond for sure knows that after this year, it's probably over, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. Jordan Poole has already gotten paid. Wiggins has already gotten paid. Uh, so I think those guys, they, they probably know internally that, hey, this is over. I do think that that was part of the issue with Jordan Poole and Draymond. I think from what I was told or what I've been seeing on, on, you know, throughout the airwaves was that the deal had already been made for Jordan Poole to get his contract. And with that being said, they knew Draymond was not getting his contract. That was already in the news. And Jordan Poole was teasing him about it, and Draymond got pissed. Mm-hmm. That's why he punched him allegedly. Mm-hmm. So I think that those guys already know they're not coming back. Yeah, It's just, hey, let's try to get one. Let's try to get number five this season, and we'll go our separate ways after that. Wouldn't be surprised if Clay retires because go and play somewhere else for what? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I'm with you on that if he done that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Hey, what was he so pissed about the night they played the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix? Him and Devin Booker really was jawing at uh, each yeah, other. Yeah, I'm not and, sure what that was about. Him and De- Devin Booker had some words, and I, I didn't really even look too much into it. I didn't understand that one either, yeah. Clay had a lot of words, man. Man, he had a lot of words. Like, what, what, what did Booker say to him, I wonder? I've never seen him lose his composure like that. And he, he really right, did. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Book must have said something really bad to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. When they're 100% healthy, and I think this is what Clay was saying as he was making his way out to the tunnel. You know, you're talking a lot right now. Do it when it matters. Beat us when it matters. Do you think the Phoenix Suns could do that? We don't know. They didn't play the Phoenix Suns last year. Uh, they right. also got past a Memphis Grizzly team without Ja for the remaining four yeah. games of the series. So, 
I mean, you know, I'm again not throwing any shade. The Warriors are the Warriors, and they look good. And they, I got them in the finals again. Of course, I said that, and I'm not sure if I'm going to be right about the East team, but I've got the Warriors in there again and possibly repeating. But I'm just, I'm just wondering, you know, I'm just wondering um, what's what's going on with Clay, and uh, if I, he's not. He's not playing the type of basketball to where if somebody called me, I would be like, nope, nope, not taking any calls on Clay. No calls on Clay. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let it be the right phone call. And shit, Clay is good as gone. He's out of here. But I get what y'all are saying. I'll fall back. I'm just saying that. That has to be one hell of a phone call. Man, he's not doing anything to, to not answer that phone, though, man. What is, I, it? What I know, is he but doing? You got, but, but it's not so much not about anymore. him individually, so much as it is about the chemistry that he already has. That's a team that's already put together. And he's good enough. And he know, he's good enough that on top of that, having the chemistry and the knowledge of what he's doing in that system makes him, you know, valuable to them. He's missing uh, a lot of shots. That's what he's doing. Other people. And so I think that's where the issue would come in, even if you were going to try to consider trading him. Yeah. Well, he's missing a lot of shots. That's all I see him doing. He's not defending anybody like he used to anymore. I'm waiting well. I take that back. He was playing some pretty good D on Booker at that time. He's just not quite the same guy he was. So. Uh, look, if he could still play half the defense, he could, and he's still a valuable asset. But I ain't really seen much of either, so I'm just kind of wondering, you know, not saying he's Draymond, but because Clay Steele is always a good teammate and he's not giving the, the locker room any crap like Draymond is doing. I'll give you that, but I'm just saying, you know, a, a good phone call my ass. It can be a decent phone call, and, and he's out of here. Uh, Jordan, you're, you're in the starting lineup. Just that simple for me. I'm sorry. But I understand they're taking the magic approach. I mean, the Kobe approach with the, that the Lakers did with Kobe. We, 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 are, we thank you so much for what you did for us, five rings. Here, just take another 30, 40 million per. And don't worry about eating up the salary cap space. We're good. We pre, we're so grateful. Just 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 play and just relax. Just get your money you and relax. Kobe today? That's what we're doing. I'm just, I'm just saying that's what it seems like they're doing. If they don't want to let him go, just let them make a little money and st- hang around because you know, like, like T said, we're okay with you without you, but we're set, you know. So like, trade you for what? We've got enough picks here, there, and and it just says more and more that the Warriors are in a great situation, <laughs> according to T. So you know, hey, shout out to the Warriors. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Uh, I wonder what they beat Phoenix in the playoffs though. Will we even get to see it? I wonder. Uh, Phoenix definitely has to do something this year or they're like, that's it. Don't tell me anything else about their championship window because it looks like they're just a great regular season team that runs out of steam when they need to, you know, really start turning it up. And it seems like they're already gassed by then. I don't care about 60-plus wins if, you know, that doesn't go into the postseason and you win series, win rounds. Uh, But that's neither here nor there. Uh, The Warriors – I'm with you guys, though. Nothing to worry about. They're 3-3, three and three, but it's still an early season. And, you know, they're the defending champions. They can cruise. You know, they can go through this season on cruise control. We know they'll turn it up when it's time to, offensively and defensively. And um, I don't have anything else, guys. Do you? No, that's, that's it for it. me, guys. Yep, that's about a wrap. Okay. Um, okay, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. Nick? I'll just ask you one more question before we get out of here. At what yeah. at what week, unless you think that your team is going 17-0, which I doubt that you think that, what week do you really realistically see your team taking their first defeat? Uh, I hate to be that guy. 
I mean, you know, <laughs> just, mean he's about to be that guy. I just picked my team to lose last week, so hey, it's okay. I mean, but that's you. Yeah, that's like, true. You don't you don't believe in y'all like that. No, it I has mean, nothing to do with I, it has nothing to do with that. You know it. I think the only the only team I see left on our schedule, I think that could potentially beat us. And it's almost only because we still have to play them twice, is the New York Giants. And my problem even with that is that I'm not sure that they're able to hold up being the team that they've been to this point in the season through the rest of the season. We played them twice in the last four weeks of the season. Uh, week, what is this? I guess that would be 15. And then again on week, again with eight, week 18, they come to us. Uh, you know, so either whether it's a situation where, you know, because they play us twice in, in, in those four weeks, that they will learn some things and be able to get us just because it's difficult to beat a team twice in a season or because, you know, by the end of, by that time in the year, we are you know obviously resting guys uh, getting ready for the playoffs. I don't know. It could be either of those situations, um, but that's the only thing I really see because past that, I mean, we got the Texans is coming Thursday and we follow with the command. We got the commanders coming to town. We go to the Colts, the Packers come to us, the Titans come to us. You visit the Giants, visit the Bears, visit the Cowboys. And then the Giants come to us to finish the season. Uh, maybe somewhere in that three-game road stretch, even though it's not going to be the Bears, uh, and uh, it's damn sure not going to be the Cowboys. I'm never going to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I, I don't see it. I mean, you can tell I, me. Can I, can I, well, you I mean, still, you, you told me the Steelers was going to be this this past Sunday. And we well, well, out. I didn't say it on the show though. I didn't say it on Wax, so I'm still right. But <laughs> but but yeah, I had a hunch, and I explained why I was wrong. I explained why, though, and I felt that nobody's talking about the Steelers were the first team to beat the Eagles in 04 before they had their undefeated. But I get it now. I, look, they didn't win. All good. I'm going to tell you when they're going to lose, for real, for real. You're not going to believe me, but this is just what I see for me knowing what I know. And keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying this based off football and X's and O's. I'm saying because when I look at the bets and I say that Nola, the pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies, is going to have six-plus strikeouts and he immediately gets pulled out the five so he won't hit the six-plus, then I'm saying somebody, somebody got something funny and fishy going on. Something's not right here. And that's what I'm saying. Like some of these games, it shows you with the bets that these games have to be somehow a little bit staged, a little bit rigged. And... I believe in my Niners. If they just let those guys play and if they're healthy, I think they'll beat anybody, and I think they win the Super Bowl with this team right now and this roster. And I think that that's been the case for the past three seasons. But they haven't won. But I have my theories on why they haven't won. So, nah, Nick, that ain't it. Uh, I think I think the first game that the Eagles will lose will be in Indianapolis. I got the Colts right in the upset against the the Chiefs. I'm going to get it right again. I know you're not going to believe it because it's the damn Colts. And don't ask me why or how they would do it. I'm just telling you they're going to do it. And I don't know why you're going to fight me on this. Just because it's your team, you will. But if I told you a duck can pull a truck, I wish you just shut up and hook it up because it's going to happen. Watch the Colts beat the Eagles. We know they're going to lose at some point, And it's going to be to a team where it's like, okay, not, not it wasn't the Cowboys. It wasn't the Giants. It, it was the who? Yep, the Indianapolis Colts. But I, I think it should hurry up and happen, get the loss out your system, and then go finish the season and play football. You know, you don't want to be stuck like the Indianapolis Colts back in those years where they were so damn good, 13-0, 14-0. Should they rest their players? How are we talking about resting players? They're good. But they were so afraid to 
you know, like go 16 and 0 and then lose the first playoff game. People were just like, hey, just sit some of the starters. You don't want them to get hurt. And if they lose a the game, they lose a the game. Let's get this over with. You see what I'm saying? Just get the loss over with. I think it'll be the Colts. It's going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. You heard it here first on the Great Debate Show. If I'm right, um, we're going to have a ball on that episode. But again, we're, no we're shame. Gonna, I mean, we're going to revisit that before that game starts, before that game happens. Of course we will. When they play the Cowboys again. But no hate, Nick, toward the Eagles. I love the Eagles. We play the Cowboys again on, the, on Christmas Eve. Mm. The Cowboys beat some Christmas Eve. Okay, you got the Cowboys doing it. Okay. Yep. That's in Dallas then. I mean, Arlington, right? Yeah, uh, Dak, Dak, and I'm, I know Jarvis, you know, <laughs> talks about how Dak holds the Cowboys back. Un- unfortunately, Dak also gives them the best option to win because they put up, they just put up more points with Dak mm-hmm. and move the ball better with Dak. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they figured out this run game, and I, what I mean by figuring it out is letting Pollard actually being the feature back, and uh, Dak can Dak is not your main option. You don't you're not depending on Dak to come out and throw the ball 40, 50 times. To me, the Cowboys are just a different team. I'm not saying that they would be better than Philly, but I am saying that if they can put up some points, uh, they can pressure Philly's offense in a way that Philly's offense is really never pressured because they are controlling the game with the run. Everything is off Philly's run. So I do think that Dallas could cause some problems in in that way, and it would be a different game. Okay. We'll, we shall we'll see. see we shall see. That's right. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, you know, hey, they definitely look better on offense. They're starting to click on all cylinders, but that running defense is not – the running defense is not all of that. Uh, it's looking like they're finding ways to keep Micah Parsons from rushing the passer, running it at him for one. Um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, the Cowboys definitely wouldn't be a surprise to me, though, if they beat the Eagles. I think the Colts beating the Eagles would be a damn big surprise. And – that's the one. That'll be the week where the Eagles are probably favored minus 800, minus 850, minus 900, and everybody yeah. will put 500, 1,000, 1,500, 2K and say, man, this is a this, this this is money in the bank. It's a done deal. It's kind of like what people did with Buffalo on Sunday night. And I was very, very, you know, skeptical of that. Like, hold on, guys, don't do it. I was telling some of the guys last night, I um, mean, on Sunday night, hey, man, I wouldn't just do that now. Don't, don't. Don't put everything on the Bills. I'm sure they are going to win, but what if they don't? They'll pull all of that, man. The house don't lose. So I think that'll be the week that everybody says, Eagles are beating the Colts. That's for sure. And then the Colts will win, and and that's when you'll start having to go back to that little those little, the little fine print, you know, the copyrights that they have at the bottom of the screen. Hey, drink response. I mean, uh, gamble responsibly. Call this hotline if you've got problems with because you're gonna you're gonna feel like man, I'm about to kill myself. Who do I? I need to talk to somebody. Don't do it. Don't make one of those crazy bets is all I'm trying to say. The, the Eagles are going to lose to a team that you're going to be like, huh? That's just how it goes, though. Uh, not saying that they won't win the Super Bowl. Uh, I will say this before I end the show. Nick, and I think you're going to like this. And I promise you this is it. Uh, I said that the Niners can beat the Eagles in the playoffs, I think, if they can get back healthy. And if McCaffrey – is used right in different ways, and Shanahan starts dialing it up like he did on Sunday in Hollywood. If he could put on those type of shows, cool. My problem is it was against the Rams, and I need to see them do that against other teams. However, I'm not afraid of the Eagles when my team is healthy. But I will say this. In 2017, uh, guys, you all may not know this, but sometimes my wife, who doesn't watch any football or any sports at all, really, every now and then, Go Niners. She's like, go Niners. I hope they win. 
I don't think she really cares less for the most part. She does and she doesn't. But what I'm saying is in 2017, around week two, I'll just tease her and be like, who's going to win the Super Bowl this year? And she said in week two of 2017, the Eagles. I said, why the hell would you say that? Now, mind you, uh, Peterson, Wentz, they're, they're, they're just now starting to get their little marriage going. Uh, you know, like we still were wondering, like, what can they be? And then Wentz got off to a hot start, MVP season, the rest is history before he got hurt. They go on to win the Super Bowl. She was right. I hadn't done this in a while, but she done this in 2012 when the Ravens beat the Niners as well in the Super Bowl. She said the Ravens going to win because of Ray Lewis. I said, but wait a minute, though. Uh, you know they're playing the 49ers now. Well, maybe I'm wrong. You know, I don't know nothing about this football no way. She still turned out to be right. The Ravens still beat us. She was just trying to be wrong because it was against our team. So I say all of that to say this, Nick. I asked her over the weekend, who's going to win the Super Bowl this year? Now, I'm a little late to doing it this time, but I hadn't asked her in, in, a, in some seasons, in a few years. And guess who her response was? She said, I think it's going to be the Eagles. I said, what the hell? Oh, you know they're I undefeated. Like I said, you you know they're undefeated, don't it? She said, I, I don't know anything about that. I just, I see Philly. Damn, again? She was right about like that, that in 2017. Just wanted to let you know that. I don't, I'm not telling you to go, you know, <laughs> go putting all kind of money on, on some of the prop bets right now, future bets, I mean, for who's going to win the Super Bowl. But I'm just telling you that she nailed that in 2012. In 2017, and I hadn't asked her again, and I just thought to do it. And because sometimes women will just get stuff right. You ever played one of those looks, one of those football sheets, and they just start just asking you for certain things, and then they just start jotting stuff down, and then they actually win the pot. Like, damn, how the hell did she win $3,800 and she don't even watch a lick of football? It happens sometimes. So just well, wanted, he, just he wanted to let you know. Plus 550 right now. See there? How long? Against, against who? Oh, 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 the Super Bowl odds. I thought you meant the next game. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, look, man. No, it's probably minus 550 for the next game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, those are pretty good odds. I just wanted to just throw that, throw that by you. I don't believe it. I think she's going to be wrong. But then again, I thought that the last two times. So I just thought I would let you know that, man. I don't know if it's some kind of superstitious thing going on or what. Tell your wife I like her. Next time I come through, I'll bring her a Coke or something. <laughs> Damn, but that's her favorite, too. <laughs> All right, but anyway, just wanted to just let you know that, Nick. I thought that you would like to hear it, and I was like, man, I got to tell Nick this. <laughs> you, you really picking them? You know that's Nick's team, right? Oh, for real? Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's going to love this. Uh, but anyway, Monday Night Football is going to be a, a good one next week probably. You've got the Saints who just pitched a shutout against the Raiders on Sunday uh, hosting the Baltimore Ravens. That should be an interesting game because you don't know what to think about the Saints. One minute they can play defense, the next game they can't. One minute Andy Dalton can throw touchdowns, the next week he's just throwing interceptions. So you don't know what to expect from the Saints. But the Ravens, they got a big trade, and I don't even know how the hell we hadn't talked about it, or did we? Roquan Smith, the show is almost over and we're almost done, but I know Terrence doesn't like the trade, but they got Roquan Smith. He's coming. I don't know if he'll be playing or not on that first game, but Monday night, Ravens at Saints. See how that goes, T. Um, I, I love Roquan Smith. Uh, I, I really wish the Bears had taken care of him. They didn't. Um, I'm just, y'all know me. It's like I explained on Facebook to uh, Brother William earlier. What we did was upgrade our, our upgrade the, the rear fender on our car, and what we really needed was an alternator. <laughs> and unless we are getting a, a, a DB or a receiver, a receiver is primary. 
And I just don't know what we're doing. Or pass rush or something. I, I don't. I, when I look at that defense, I didn't even notice that we needed a linebacker, <laughs> right? Like I think this this is a situation where we traded for the best defensive player available. Cool, good job. But I don't think it's what we needed. Yeah, I hear you. Well, you know, to be fair, to be fair, Patrick Queen has not been good. Not as good as as, as Bill. Yeah, I, I mean, you know what? That's that's cool too. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I just still don't see where that's what we needed to upgrade. Yeah. I there, just there, think there, there, were, were, there were bigger needs. There were bigger needs, three or four needs that we needed to upgrade with. And uh, Baltimore's not about to give up in the first round picks for anybody. I don't think they give up a second round. Did they give up a second round for, for Roquan? Second or yeah. fourth? They, they, um, they, I think they actually did. I think it's a second and a fifth. Or is it a second and a fifth? That's right. Second and fifth. No, yeah. you're right. Yeah. And that, and that's shocking to me, right? Because they, they love to draft, they love to develop. Um I just think that that means we're gonna have to sign a receiver as a free agent. And maybe they just know that they're gonna sign Beckham. I, I or maybe they just maybe they are just so stubborn to say we don't need any receivers. And I mean me, you just signed to sign Jackson. Oh man! I rest my case. Did they really do that? <laughs> did, 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 did they really sign him? Yeah, they did. They did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, was on, he was on the sideline last week. He was okay. On the sideline. Him and him and Harbaugh dapped it up after the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I rest my case. Maybe, maybe they're. What's that? Go ahead. I'm just gonna say maybe they are still looking to get OBJ though. Maybe that's the reason why. But it probably is the latter on what you said about them just. Being too stubborn to realize they need anything. I think the Titans are doing the same thing, taking the same approach. They should still be going for an OBJ or somebody in the receiving court. And I think being five and two, they're just okay. They're just going to conservatively, you know, just yeah. do what they're I doing. I mean, it's the same team that went out and signed old man Des Bryant. Love Des Bryant to death. I'm glad he got another chance to play in the league. But um, we didn't. We need a little bit. We needed something else. We didn't. We, you know, and I, like I said, I'm. I'm Happy days got to play. I wish they could still find a way for him to get on the field somewhere, but I think this ship has sailed. Uh, I think there was also an Achilles injury, right? Was it was it also an Achilles? They kind of ripped days of his mobility. Uh, I don't yep. remember. Yes, yes. I think it was an Achilles. But anyway, my, my point is, this is the same team that signed Dez Bryant. Yep. It's like, here, here Lamar, here's Dez. Mm-hmm. You know, surprise. And now if here's now here's surprise. Here's the shot for the same people that brought you old Des Bryant. We're gonna bring you even older, the Sean Jackson. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Des Bryant played with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he absolutely did. Wasn't that just last? Why season? do I feel like that was so much longer ago? No, that was 2020. It was last year. Was and it last year? Yeah, I think it was 2020 season. Yes. Yeah. What is it? Why does that feel like five years ago? I have no idea. I, it was just it was it wasn't much to talk about. It was a very short stint anyway, so maybe that's why. But he did he did catch a touchdown. Yeah, he did throw at the eggs once. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, hey, that's that's this is Terrence's problem when we get it. You know, he's instead of signing the people that can steal ball, they're signing people that just you know had they were pretty much this is oiled like up. WCW. This is like WCW signing like. All those guys that were outside of their prime, the Macho Mans and the yep. Ric Flairs and the yep. Hogan's and, and yep. like and expected and expecting for us to just like it. Yeah, yeah, the Bengay Club, pretty much is what y'all are bringing in. <laughs> yep. The, the Ravens, so basically, the Ravens sign players like like their top flight contenders, just kind of putting on veterans to kind of 
ride the coattails and potentially win a title when really yes. they need to actually be filling with with young and ready to go talent. I, I think the for, the formula was Steve Smith. Steve Smith is 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 an is an anomaly because he trains so well that he was still really good later in his career. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. That's what but it you, was. Everybody's not the same. A little bit of bolding and then Steve Smith is, is where they're you know yeah, thinking that they're yeah, getting it. Absolutely. And, but yes, especially Steve Smith because he was brought in a little older and it's like yeah, but yeah, he was the again. <laughs> that's that's Steve Smith. And but you can't get that from the rest of these guys unless they no. are going to be training the same way and have the same you know uh, discipline and 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 you know focused and all of that trying to get ready and prepare for uh, another Sunday game in this physical tough sport. Uh, you know, again, the Bengay Club is what they're doing. It looks like it, but yeah, I get what you're saying, T. But let's just see how they do though, because he is going to upgrade their defense. And when the defense, if the defense can get better and look better. I can see him back there in zone coverages getting some picks or messing up, you know, at least, you know, making it look bad for the quarterback on trying to figure out where to go with the ball. Some mistakes can happen. If those if those things happen, of course, that gives Lamar Jackson more, more possessions, you know, with the football. And whether they have what you want them to have or not offensively, we know if Lamar just beats Lamar, he's going to do what he does. That's the issue, That's though, right. that I have with Baltimore. They're thinking the same way that we're all thinking, like, all right, look, let's be real. They should have got some some help for Lamar, but they expect Lamar to just make something happen, run around and do you. We're going to get better on the defense over here. You know, Lamar, he's got it. You know, pretty much, you know, run, nigga, run. And I mean, it's just really what it is. But uh, <laughs> and that's neither here nor there. We had to talk about that because I, it just hit me, and now we can end this. This is it. This has been a great episode of the Great Debate Show. Thank you for listening. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you were right here listening with us, and we appreciate it. Uh, where, wherever you, you get your podcast available, subscribe and download. For That's pretty much it for me, Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith, Nick Ely. If that is it, man, we out. Y'all yeah, be safe. Peace out, and uh, let's uh, get these parlays arrested this week. One one other shout out, former uh, Auburn running back Cadillac. I knew Williams it was coming. Guy. I was waiting. I was like, I hope one of these guys saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the, he's the interim head coach at Auburn now, and I remember watching Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown back in the day, man. When uh, back in with the mid two thousands, I think they played together. So uh, I was happy to see happy to see him. Let's you know I'm getting old, uh, but it was, <laughs> it was good to see nonetheless. Uh, weren't they busting the NFL though? Pretty much or borderline? Cadillac yeah, hurt really bad. Yeah, like. Yeah, Cadillac had a devastating injury like his first year, yeah. I think, and just never recovered. I, I think I vaguely remember that. He, he was with the Bucks, and yeah. I think he, he he went to the Bucks, and Ronnie Brown was with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I think Cadillac Ronnie Brown had a pretty good career though. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, he got three years out of his career. But I think Cadillac he tore his knee up like bad. Yeah, but like, John, was, like, like it was one of those like Paul George type things where like like you don't even want to see it, you know? Yeah, John like, Green. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, mm, Teddy Bridgewater, kind of. Yeah, like the, yeah, like like you don't you don't want to see that. Yeah, John Gruden. It was another mistake that he made thinking about it. I've always said John Gruden was so so. He was a little overrated, but he he drafted Cadillac he Williams. He drafted Cadillac Williams when Aaron Rodgers was still on the board. So that shows you how good he's been his whole career. Wow, not too good. <laughs> the fact that Aaron Rodgers is still in the league <laughs> and he's still in the league. Right. And Cadillac Williams is now an interim head coach <laughs> for his alma mater. Yeah, that says a lot. It does. 
All right, guys. That's by it. The way, by the way, that, that makes him the fifth head coach, his fifth black head coach in SEC history. In SEC history, with, just five. Do with that information what you will. Just five. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, that's it. That's all we've got, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we've got to talk about more JSU stuff. They had a lot of good weekends here the past few weeks down in Jackson, Mississippi, from homecoming to ESPN College Game Day being there this past yep. Saturday. A lot of big dogs came out to Jackson. Stephen A. was one of them. And I think yep. he's got COVID now, so he must have got COVID down in Jackson because he was not. He had to. In studio. <laughs> yeah, he was not in the studio in Connecticut uh, on Monday. He just uh, had Michael COVID Lincoln. a couple of months ago. Yeah, he did. He did. He, he's already stated that it's not as bad as it was back in the summer. But, yeah, I know that's where it had to be because he was there yeah, along with a lot like, of other big dogs. Yeah, he had a bad bout with it, like really bad. Yeah. He was, he was out for, for a while. Yeah, I think he was pretty bad. He almost lost his life. I think it was I think yeah. it was that was that bad, man. And that's just that, that, that and that's the reason why I say and look at things the way I look at it, because that that COVID, that's another one that, you know, that we all kind of have our theories about some of us on how the hell did it get here, what the hell is it, and how many lives it destroyed. You know, like that's just stuff that you just can't trust. Who was behind that? And some of these people that say things about the government and whatnot and I'll no comment, no more comments. I'm done. But uh, again, uh, another great show, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, Cadillac Williams, damn, I hadn't heard the name in a long time. That got me there. Uh, good one, good one, Nick. All right, we're done. We're out. Let's let's get out of here. Hope everybody enjoys their Tuesday, their terrific Tuesday. And week eight is officially in the books. Week nine coming up. That means we are about to be at the midway point. We're almost halfway done with this 2022 NFL season. Who's going to get traded, if anybody, from the Kareem Hunts to the Brandon Cooks to the uh, maybe Cam Akers, maybe um, what's his name? Well, no, it's not going to be DJ Moore, they're saying. But I don't know. We'll see. Who's going to get traded? Claypool may not be going anywhere anyway, but we'll see. The deadline is later today, what, 4 p.m. Eastern, so we'll see how that goes. If anything, big-time breaks that we need to talk about, we'll probably jump on for a few minutes and and talk about it. But other than that, we will be back on a Friday to talk about Thursday night football and, you know, week nine in the NFL. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. We're out. Have a good one. Be safe. Peace out, guys. Get out.